Hey listener, it's Mark. Fancy seeing you here. We recorded this episode back in August between Monkey Shines and Congo, but had some technical problems in editing that delayed its release. We've fixed it all up now and it's ready for you. So thanks for staying tuned. Here's our lost 51st episode, Jack's Pick, 1944's The Uninvited. Enjoy. I'm just a British chap and dogs run away all the time. Well, I say, but uh, I, I don't know what else to say right now. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creatively Titled Podcast, brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. Take a minute and head on down to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom to check out all the other awesome shows the network has to offer. For example, you could check out the Horrorcast, not to be confused with our A to Z Horrorcast, uh, but those guys most recently uh, turned in a monster five-hour episode dealing with, like, exorcism movies and a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't know how they could talk for um, that long. Jesus Christ, it seems crazy to me. I couldn't. I barely ever want to talk to you guys ever again at the end of each Oh, that's what the beer is for. That's why I couldn't talk for that long. I would probably die of alcohol poisoning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But until then, you're stuck with us. I'm Jack, and sing to my right is Jake. And I'm not in the least bit rattled. And sitting next to Jake is someone else whose landing gear isn't what it used to be. It's Mark. That's me. Have you guys noticed that I'm not, like, coughing and dying this week? I'm back. I think I'm over my pneumonia for the most part. There's some, like, errant coughs here and there, but but for the most part, I'm back, and I'm feeling good. Good. I thought we had established that you had spiritual pneumonia. I don't know when we established that. I, ha- I might have had both kinds of pneumonia, but I definitely, whatever else I had, had viral pneumonia. Do you remember anything about okay. the last podcast, though? Very little. <laughs> okay. It's a, basically a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, Yeah. For those of you unfamiliar with our Crackerjack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. In so doing, we spoil the ever-loving shit out of that movie, so fair warning on that. This week, we watched my I've Seen It and You Haven't pick, or the hipster pick, as I'm calling it, um, which was 1944, it's not 1994, 1944, going way back, The Uninvited. We'll get into that soon, which will be a lot of fun. But first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do Beers for Fears. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Absolutely. I'm drinking a mimosa. All right, buddy. I yeah. I like it. I mean, it's, it's really hard to argue with the tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. They, they mentioned the word mimosa like at least 75 times. Yes. The flower. And I'm drinking it out of a beer glass, too, just for the record. I'm mm. not convinced that's a beer glass. Oh, it's like a Stella a Artois glass. glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fair. You you get points this week. Good Yay. work. Jake, how about yourself? What uh, are your beers? I might not get fears? points, man. I'm taking the Mark approach this week of drinking what I had in the fridge and trying to tenuously connect it. I'm drinking two mildly nautically themed beers because this happens on a, in, I don't know, a seaside town. Cornwall. Ooh. One's Queequeg's Revenge, which is a New England IPA, and the other Jesus. is Whale's Tail Pale Ale by Cisco. Because they were in my fridge, and they involved tenuous at best. It was bad. Tenuous. Frankly, it was bad. I'm embarrassed. Yeah, but I'm drinking. Now, before I go, Mark, I am curious what kind of champagne you got in your mimosa. There, we talking Cooks. Cooks? It's Cooks. Oh yeah, (laughs) nice. I like that. Well, one step above Andres. (laughs) I'm not super impressed with mine, but I know it's better than Jake's. I uh, doesn't take much. I went a little out of the way on my way home, and I picked up some Simpler Times Lager from Trader Joe's because. this movie evokes a much simpler time when 
a man would simply drive around in awesome cars with suits and wear hats with them, and and it was life. Get it was told simpler. to buy a house by his sister. Yeah, that was weird. Okay, we'll talk we'll about get that. Yeah, <laughs> but so I'm drinking some simpler times lager because a big part of enjoying this movie for me is the evocation of a simpler time. All that's missing is riding around on trains. Okay. <laughs> that's Thanks, it Jack. that's Jake. all that, that's missing yeah just you trains. you uh you had some great energy there so why don't you keep that energy going and tell us what else has been rocking your horror world over the last little bit who are you talking Save. to did you say my name i said jake i said yeah the I, word jake. I don't listen to you yeah frankly. you definitely did not say jake <laughs> i think you'll find i did i'm glad mark's on you my side it for once. uh i've seen two things over the last week and i guess it's been a week okay. and change because we were kind of talking romero last week um both are coming from my desire to kind of see all these movies that have been coming out over the course of 2017 that I haven't quite had a chance to check out as of yet. The first of which is the Belko experiment. Oh yeah. That was released back in March. Uh, Yeah. With John C. McGinley, John C. McGinley, John Gallagher Jr. Pretty good. Um, It's exactly what you think it's going to be. So if that sort of battle Royale people being bad to people and, with like winking dialogue too right yeah to a degree i mean they definitely have characters involved it was a little more serious than i expected i'll tell you that but for what it is it's a battle royale flick it was good okay Um, how did you watch it i rented it on amazon i paid money for it it wasn't expensive yeah you can do it (laughs) i believe fair enough it was fine i'd give it a recommend for sure um the other one i saw is phoenix forgotten and i just watched this one Oh shit! Yeah, which I also rented on Amazon Jack. I also paid. Don't money spoil for this, this for me. Uh, I won't. I don't. This is not the section for that. Just making sure. Um, kind of also what you'd expect for this one: found footage flick about the Phoenix Lights. You don't seem very excited about it. Well, what do you want me to say? Ask me questions and I'll elaborate. Is it Have good? Have you seen? <laughs> yeah, answer Jack's first. I. So I think what it did well was during the sequences that were like the true found footage portions of the movie, the truly found footage, um, it did the Blair Witch thing very well. And that's not necessarily, that's neither praise nor insult. It kind of stuck to a formula and did it. That's at times it works really well. And at times it feels very, I don't know, overwrought. (laughs) So, so, so you said that, when it is a found footage movie, it does it yes. like that. Is this one of the movies that mixes found footage no. with like actual narrative camera? Not really, no. It's so what it does is it follows the sister of one of the kids, I guess they were high schoolers that um filmed this originally back in ninety seven during the Phoenix Lights phenomenon. And she's now grown up and she's going back and she's she's basically she's creating a documentary about it and her filmmaker is filming her discover some of and this so footage the parts that are way back from 97 yes the parts that are like they okay. have popped in this little mini cassette and are watching it that part the recovered yeah. footage um the documentary parts i didn't care for as much and there are parts that i find kind of strange anyway because it's like she has one cameraman but she's having a conversation and interviewing someone and it's like clearly switching angles during this natural conversation that would require <laughs> multiple cameras so it just rips you right the fuck out um sure you kind of have to get past some degree of that with a lot of these styles of movies um i don't think it towed that line as well as it could have but if you're interested in the subject matter it hits on that and it does it well i mean found footage alien movies i feel like we're all in on that subject matter 
But you're you're not as excited as I was hoping you'd be for it. Well, I'm trying to temper it as well because I don't want to spoil anything. I would recommend this movie to a certain subset of people. The subset is the people that Mark just mentioned. If you like aliens or if you like found footage or if you like found footage alien movies, then there you go. If you're right in the middle of that Venn diagram, it's going to be perfect. I had fun with extraterrestrials, so, you know. There is a movie called The Phoenix Tapes 97, also on Amazon, that Mm -hmm. I have almost watched on accident. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, Have you seen that, and how does it compare? (laughs) Uh, I have not seen it, and I'm sure it compares poorly. (laughs) Good to know. I like that. That's all I have. That was an April release. Okay. Pretty good. Mark, how about yourself? I have five things to talk about. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to keep it to two. I need to go get another beer. <laughs> I'm going to keep it to two. Uh, actually, I'm going to keep it to three, and one of them's really small. So why would you tell us you had five? I'm just saying I have a significant backlog of things to talk about is all. Mark, I have things I could talk about, too. So do I. I, I actually, for once, am going to limit myself to the number of things I'm talking about. I wasn't going to bring it up. We have to get into a pissing Mark contest. Mark had to go run his mouth. So the first thing I'm going to mention is I found a true crime podcast called uh, Black Hands that deals with a yeah it, it deals with a murder mystery in Dunedin, New Zealand. I think I'm saying that right. I always say it like Dunedin. Dunedin, yes. You're saying it correct. Um, Dunedin. The first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Dunedin. Um, Dunedin. It. <laughs> anyways, it, it deals with this with this mass murder of a family. They don't really know who did it. Uh, I don't want to get too far into it. And it really is horror-ish. It's more true crime than anything else, but the first two episodes, you kind of get the sense that they're trying to set up this, like, satanic ritual narrative thing, and the the whole concept of calling the podcast with Black Hands is that this guy, like, freaks out and says that the Black Hands did it, and what does that mean, and they dig further okay. into that in the episodes, but uh, haven't quite finished yet. Uh, I'm about halfway through the series, and so far it's pretty good, so if you're li- listening, or if you're looking for a horror listening experience... And our podcast hasn't satiated you enough. Try giving this one a, a, a listen. I, I feel like it's on basically everything. I, I got it on Stitcher, but I think it's big enough that it's kind of all over the place wherever you get your podcast. I'm sure. Sure. Now, when did this take right. place again? Because it's a true story, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually like true crime. Um, I want to say 96, 94, okay. mid-90s, somewhere in there. Right around the I time just Friends feel... came out. I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm baffled as to how I I would not have known about this having lived in Dunedin for a period of time, but because you're very plugged in, very not plugged in. <laughs> That's the joke. This is going well. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mark, all of our jokes things. are landing. Um, moving off fault. of this topic. What else, Mark? Are we gonna keep cross talking. Is that what's happening? Um, Mark, what else have you? Watched? I watched Jesus. the movie XX. Um, I, I actually did a not a, not a direct X. double feature, but a night uh, one night I watched Creep Show, the next night I watched XX. Um, this was a, another anthology movie. Um, this one focused specifically on highlighting the talents of female directors. Um, the only one I remember off the top of my head was Karen Kuzama, who did the last one, but she was the uh, she was the director of The Invitation, which we all liked. Uh, we also specifically talked about Jack, you and I. Um, I think it was whatever uh, the the. The lady who directed Don't Fall also did one of the segments. Um, oh, that that was you and me. Oh, you and I. Yeah, I remember yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, that was, she was involved in, uh, she did the uh, siren section. Frame narrative? for that, Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I think, I might have the section wrong. She was I, one of the, I Well, I, it was either siren or it was jailbreak or whatever that fourth one was called from Southbound. It wasn't jailbreak. Okay, then it was siren. There we go. Great. Fixed it. Uh, in any case, it's, it's 
four, yeah, exactly. It's it's four movies with sort of a nonsensical frame narrative. I, I'll venture that the frame narrative is actually the coolest part of the movie. Not not necessarily knocking the individual components, but the frame narrative is a stop motion robotic dollhouse that I'm I'm gonna jump in here because one of my things too was XX. Okay. And the frame narrative is really fun to watch. Yeah, it's bonkers, man. It's just like a it's an animatronic demonic dollhouse that walks around a larger house. It's pretty and I feel like you gotta go one of two ways with the frame narrative, right? It either has to be southbound or it has to be this. Fuck the VHS thing where they're trying to do something that brings you from thing to thing. I like it where they're just seamlessly blended together and it actually makes sense. Or it's just, fuck it, look at this. This is a fun way to get from segment to segment. Yeah, I kind of like the VHS one. Well, you're an idiot. I didn't hate it. Also idiot. Yeah, okay. Uh, Okay, so quick rundown. You have four individual movies. You have a box, which was intriguing but nonsensical. You have a birthday party which was hilarious and awesome. You have Don't Fall, which is the one we talked about that was directed by the uh, Siren Lady, which is basically the resident creature feature. Mm-hmm. And then you have the last one's called Her Only Living Son. That's the Karen Kuzama one, which is more or less an omen ripoff. Jack? Yes. What were your thoughts? Um, so I thought the birthday was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> by far my favorite. So- um, can you guys give a synopsis of each of these that will not spoil them? Like, what is the one sentence on each you, of these? I, Mark kind of did as much as you can do without... Because yeah. really? it, this one is especially hard. They want. That is correct. Not really. Okay. I mean, it's a bit better to just go and do blind. That's I fine. Think That's fine. Uh, we, PSA, we recommend every movie blind. And and um, this is now freely available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Streaming. Um, streaming, so, yeah. And, and... Uh, spoiler alert for my segment. The reason I was able to watch it was because it's one of the ones you can download for later viewing on Netflix apps, which is a cool thing. Yeah, it's a nice feature. I have not actually done that yet. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll have to give that a go on another one. But uh, yeah, I, I would say the weakest one was the Don't Fall segment, but that's probably, I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. subjective thing. I'd say all of these were pretty strong entrants. I was really? pleasantly surprised with the quality of this, actually. I mean, I guess... There were no stinkers yeah, in here. Yeah, exactly. Usually you get like one or two filler segments in anthology. Well, when there are only four, you kind of yeah. don't have as much room. Exactly. Room, they're, so. they're a little bit... They're, I guess that I would say they're substantially longer than, say, like the holidays shorts that were each four minutes sure. long. Kind of uh, another thing about it, because it was of its marketing, which I'm fully on board with, of all women directors and, and uh, you know, supporting women in, in the horror industry, I was kind of worried it was going to venture a little bit into the gimmicky territory in one way or another. And I think it totally avoids that line. I think, apart from it being called XX and being marketed the way it was, that's you kind of a big thing, though, even really which know. isn't necessarily, yeah. I mean, where do you draw that line, right? How much of that is out of the hands of those that are making this film and those who we actually support as women in the horror industry and those that are trying to make a buck based on the fact that it is that, right? Exactly. And I think all you can do is judge the final product, yeah, which I, I think agree. is very strong. Okay, good. I, I'm going to uh, check it out. That's great. I heard very mixed things about this, but that's kind of what the name, right, that's the name right, of the game right. with an anthology, frankly. Yeah, and I'm kind of down on anthologies. I had fun with this one. Okay. Uh, especially the frame narrative. <laughs> Um, the second one I watched was Desierto. Uh, this concludes the top ah. ones I've seen from 2016. Uh, this was, I think, December that I wanted to watch it. I feel like there was a little bit of a bait and switch here because they said brought to you from the maker of Gravity or something, and it said Quaron. 
Yeah, it, it's not it's not the main Quaron guy. It's like his cousin. It's it's, a whole it's like Jonas Quaron or something <laughs> like that. Uh, so that was a little off putting. I, I will say the movie is very pretty to look at as far as a movie shot on like the border between Texas and Mexico can be. Like it's desert, but they have really cool cinematography built into it. And I think that's. I mean, you can do awesome. that very well. Look at No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Right. That's that same like sweeping desolate track of land right and bone tomahawk it's hard to make look good but they do yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it can look pretty but you know if i right evoke like beautiful landscapes i think of forests and shit not necessarily like tumbleweeds and rock that's why we live in the northwest um (laughs) some of us do (laughs) shut the fuck up uh this movie aside from the cinematography i really really struggled with it linear this is exactly the movie you think you're getting when you go into it there's no twists. There's no turns. It's, I mean, I don't think I'm giving away much of the plot when I'd say that it's just a dude hunting immigrants. That's all it is. Um, wow. But Mark, he's right. doing it the whole time. That was that dude he's, the whole time. It was that dude the whole time. It, the guy is uh, the comedian from The Watchmen. He's the, that's the same actor. Okay. He's the bad guy. Now, Mark, um, let me ask you this. Yep. As I recall the trailer for this, there's, there's heavy dog involvement, perhaps a German Shepherd. Yes, it was a German Shepherd. Did that? That seems. I would watch it just for the German Shepherd action. Well, you know it's going to die. It it uh, spoilers. Spoiler, cover your ears if you don't want to. If you don't want to hear the end, well, this isn't really the end, but um, the dog does die, and that's one thing I I wanted to mention was this is the most brutal dog death. Oh no! I I think I've seen in a horror movie. Oh no! It's awful. It's it's horrible. Oh, oh, (laughs) poor dog. Now so I'm like this podcast. I know, and that's exactly the taste that it leaves in your mouth as a movie. You're just like, why did they do that? Because uh, like the dog was hunting immigrants, but not at its own. I mean, it was trained to do so by a jerk. Yeah, oh. exactly. I I walked away from this with not a great taste in my mouth. I don't know if I'd recommend it for if if you're looking for a most dangerous game, people hunting people type thing. I I guess it could be in the consideration, but ultimately, I just I can't recommend it. It wasn't very good. May I venture a guess that there is some sloppily handled race intrigue, or at least dialogue? Uh, there is a, I mean, every, all the dialogue for, except for the dialogue between the man and his dog is in Spanish, hmm. if that's what you're asking. So, no, that's not what I was asking, but that's fine. Oh, I don't know what you're, you're right, What the hell does the race, <laughs> what, what were you asking then? I, I, I can imagine this is a movie that would try to say something about race and the state of race relations as they exist in 2017, but would fail wildly at doing so and just end up being offensive. Um, it actually does an okay job, I think I'd say. I'm, I'm not willing to like critically analyze this from that perspective, but I will say it does seem like the guy... he does, the, the main, the evil dude, does have an interaction with a Border Patrol agent, and... The Border Patrol agent comes off as, like, a relatively good guy. He just thinks that the other dude's an asshole who's out there fucking hunting hunting jackrabbits or whatever, being an idiot. I, I think it does do a good job of wholly demonizing the just thing. Just this that, guy? Just this guy. Uh, that's and fair. Not, that's like, a, he's not a Border Patrol agent. or any, right. Like, he's just he's just a weirdo dude who grew up in, like, backcountry wherever. Well, that's, that's a little bit immigrants. refreshing, then. So, 
Yeah, I mean, at least they're not, like, really laying it on that there's, like, ICE officers running around (laughs) shooting people. And to be clear, I don't think everything has to be about something deeper, right? Some of it can just be about one evil jerk. Well, I mean, and there's two ways you could kind of play that sentence, right? Like, I don't think it has to, from a personal perspective. I'm, I'm willing to just see, like, an individual example and not a general, like, metaphor for society. But I don't... Are you arguing that, like, the the film complex as a whole likes metaphors more than individual examples. No, no, no. I'm saying that I expected this to try the latter and it's a little bit yeah. refreshing to know it's the former. Cause I don't think it could have handled it. So yeah, that's refreshing. Uh, but aside from that, it's not refreshing. <laughs> Fair enough. Wonderful. Fair enough. We got a little deep there. So bring me out of it. What else you got? Or are you done? Uh, I'm done for now. Stay tuned okay. till next week. Okay. Um, so I got a bunch of stuff too. I watched a whole shitload of horror movies because um, traveling to New Zealand takes like 35 goddamn hours. Yeah. Um, if you buy a shitty flight like me, or flights, I guess. But um, to do that, it was a combination of what was available on the plane and horror-wise. That's decidedly light. Um, the whole actually, I'll just I'll jump right in here. The only one available on the in-flight, like what movies are on the plane, was Deliverance, which I was on a plane <laughs> for 16 hours. I did watch. Um, and it's that's one of the weird ones to have like you just want to make sure that no one else can see yeah you don't want oh my god you watch it i just breezed right by the warning it brought up of please note your surroundings this may not be appropriate for all audiences and then i just started watching it and it was not appropriate for the audiences around me i gave up on (laughs) caring you're like i don't know why but there was a four-year-old girl behind me who was crying the entire flight (laughs) i have no idea why (laughs) but you know, deliverance is deliverance. Um, yeah, it's still pretty good and very disturbing. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's one. But more than that, you can, as I mentioned earlier, download fucking movies onto your phone to just like watch or your computer. That's crazy. This is the goddamn future. Wait, yes. Jack, are you recommending? Wait, I need a clarification here. Are you recommending that people download movies onto their phones? Uh, through Netflix's legal option, yes. A to Z Horror does not support piracy, I mean, Jake. Or through any legal option. Yeah. There are many legal options that allow you to download shit to your phone. Yeah, and Netflix is now one of them. You just click it available for download and browse that. The horror section is extensive. So I watched Jack, a shitload of shit. We are not sponsored by Netflix. We could be, though. <laughs> what if I keep talking about them? They'll get there. Yeah, we're definitely on their radar. Yeah. Yeah. They could use an extra 11 viewers. What else did you watch, Jack? Okay. First one. Jake, this was for you. I watched the From Dusk Till Dawn TV series. Oh, God. I haven't even tried. It stinks. I'm it sure. Stinks. That's why I haven't tried. Don't watch it. I won't. Um, I downloaded three episodes, only made it most of the way through the pilot. What stinks about it? No it Actually, back up. What is the actual conceit of it? Like, what it are they just It is literally From Dusk the... Till Dawn. Um, it doesn't follow it's the, the exact Brothers? same family. Th- it is, but they're not the protagonists of it. The protagonists are it's a family. It's a weird way to describe them even in the first one. Yes. They're the taggonists. <laughs> well, that's not what I said. They're the ex-taggonists. And so the the first episode, the pilot, does recreate the scene in the gas station. But it does so without any of the charmingness of George Clooney, without the creepiness of Quentin Tarantino, without any of the gore, or without any of the clever writing. In uh, fairness... And without the cinematography fairness, of... Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, in fairness to the uh, the TV show... I don't think you can come up with anyone more charming than George Clooney or anyone more creepy than Quentin Tarantino. No, for sure. So I mean, but assuming you could get, you could get they them got for nowhere your show. close. They didn't even try. 
Okay. Who terrible. does this? Jake. Who's, Jake, who's, did you uh, did you let Mark did you let Mark talk there because you couldn't think of who did the cinematography? No, Robert for... Rodriguez. There was just a lot oh, okay. a lot of crosstalk. I was just making sure. Yeah, no, I I believe it or not, I do know that it's my favorite horror movie. <laughs> it was just it was a very conspicuous choice there. Um, so I'm just I'm just pulling it up here. I don't know exactly who does it because again, I I saw it on Netflix, so I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But pretty much, if you take a look at the the poster and the, the like um, thumbnail image for this TV show, it's a sexy woman with a snake and like some doe-eyed vampire standing behind her in but the shadows. That's Selma pretty Hayek. much what you get out of this. It's not Selma Hayek. So I don't care. And I uh, have no desire to see this. There's no there's no fun to this TV yeah. show. Yeah. So gave up on that pretty quick. So that was the first thing. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next thing, I watched uh, Satanic. All right. Remind which me. is the horror movie with uh, Haley from Modern Family. Yep. That's the best I can do. It came out in 2017 or 2016. I think it's a pretty it 2016. It was movie. like it was like the second or third horror release roundup we did. So it would have been like July or August of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um it's it's not a super old movie. It's not good in any way shape or form. Good. It's about it's about some some teens uh going to LA uh before they go to Coachella. Or maybe they're 20. They're like in college, I think. And they come across a cultist girl. And things get satanic all up in there. What a shitty name. <laughs> Let's get satanic. It's <laughs> it's bad. Um, I'll say that. It's Why bad. is there not a horror movie about Burning Man? <coughs> I don't know. There's a Malcolm and, in the Middle episode about Burning that's Man. That's close enough, I guess. <laughs> and to be clear, this is not about Coachella. They're just on their way to Coachella. This is just shitty in I LA. I think Burning Man would be a great setting for a horror movie yeah. uh let's table that and bring it back when a to z horror makes a horror movie listener if you yeah, take it i swear to god i'll cut your there. balls off what there you go that's protection yeah. you, you've legally protected us now good <laughs> there. work good and if you don't have balls then i guess just please don't take it um and <laughs> i feel like um the more if i talk about too much it's going to be overload for the listener here it's so okay, awesome because we'll i so moving. rarely have so many things to talk about so i'll do one more uh paranormal activity 2 was available yeah. to download in new zealand it isn't here um but it was in new zealand so, you download so i downloaded that and watched it on the way back yeah i think it's, technically it, you have to you have to delete that when you go through customs check <laughs> did you declare I it did you didn't put I it out i did not declare it i they're coming for me man yeah <laughs> Uh, it holds the fuck up. Yeah. It's not as good as Paranormal Activity 1, but it's a it's really solid good. found footage movie, and it's scary, and when good. you're all loopy and on a plane, and I legitimately, like, yelped, and everybody around me looked at me funny. It's a good one. The original trilogy there is... Solid. Very solid. And before they went full gimmick with all of them, which this one fits squarely into, no gimmicks no, I in like this the, one. I like the second one. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It was scary. So I'll I'll end it there. Which, it's been a long fucking time. Let's go to the feature presentation. Over at ADZHorror.com this week, we watched 1944's The Uninvited. 44. Uh, that's what I said. That's this said. time, this week. I remember What did I different. say last week? 41. Did I really? Different part of well. history. Maybe it's set in 1941. Who knows? Keep going. You literally uh, will never figure it out. So, Jake. Yeah. Jack. I need you to explain the category of movie that I picked this for. Because I picked this. Yeah. And I picked it in the I've seen it, but you haven't, which was a category you developed. 
uh, because you're such a fucking hipster. No, I did not develop this. He is oh. the pioneering member of it. Yes. Oh. Who who developed Wait, this? Wait, do you both think then? I developed this? Yes. I no, I mean I came up with the idea, but really it's like the Jake category. Okay, so how about how about Mark? You talk about why it exists. Why what exists? The what category? this category is? What the intent behind this category was? My the intent God. behind this category was just to introduce. Uh, we we frequently have movies on this podcast where every we've all seen it. At least once, probably four or five times. Every once in a while, we've seen something like ten times. It's not frequent that none of us have seen it, or more specifically in this case, one of us has seen it maybe once and the other two haven't seen it at all. Okay. So I think it provides an interesting contrast between like what it looks like when you go back to it versus what it looks like on first take. Sure. And that's what I was sure. going for with this. Cool. It was my turn to pick, so I picked The Uninvited, which is yes. kind of the movie that got me into horror. Uh, my dad loves this movie. I watched it when I was a kid. So, I picked so it. So, he, he was just like one day, pops in a VHS or like a laser disc, I would assume, and says, check it out, Jack, we're, we're watching this thing. Yes, that is almost exactly how I remember it, but I don't, I don't... I don't remember the venue. I don't remember if it was VHS. I know it wasn't Laserdiscs because we didn't have a Laserdisc player. You didn't have a Laserdisc? Laserdisc. <laughs> I do have Laserdiscs. Several. Yeah. They came from my dad, so, you know, it's genetic. Um, uh, this is weird now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we threw you off your game. I don't think this could have come from Blockbuster, so I don't... We didn't own it, though, I also feel like, so I don't know where this came from. But, Did he just kind of sit behind you and, like, he put his fingers on your temples and you just, like, sighed in your brain? You know what, as I, as I remember it? Yes, that is what happened. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That's probably why your recollection is so vague. Yeah, so that's it. Um, but in any case, and it, it was just the one that was, like, I was a little, little kid. Um, I think because he felt like this one you can definitely show to a little kid. Yeah, no problem. that's what I was going to say, is I feel like this is a decent entryway. It's very... Like, you would put on The Twilight Zone, you could put on this. And I don't just mean that from, like, a, it's black and white and it's from a similar period of time standpoint. I mean that the subject matter is vaguely similar is, to what you could get in a Twilight Zone episode. There is almost nothing objectionable about this movie from a kid standpoint. Correct. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. The yeah. dog doesn't even die. Spoilers. <laughs> it might. The dog does just disappear. I mean, it's definitely yeah. dead. We're, we're I, I assume they just that. murdered the dog for the uh, Dog Bobby. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <clears throat> Guys, hold on. Yes, buddy. Scarecrow for a second. Okay, so we've gotten to the bottom of it. Survey says yes. Yeah, but the survey is wrong, Jake. Oh. We'll, we'll talk about this when we talk okay. about the okay, actual okay. movie. Okay, okay, fine. We have so much more stuff to do, though, first. Somebody, I was trying to get you guys there. Somebody intro this plot synopsis segment. My God, this is what we're Jack. supposed to be doing now. Yes, buddy. This was your movie. And you know what that means. Wait, do you know what I that do. means? It means okay, you have to I give a 30 second synopsis. plot synopsis is what you have to do. Did you okay. watch this movie? Did you even watch it? <laughs> Jack. Yeah, buddy. 30 seconds may or may not be on the clock. Okay. Will they, they be, now. though? It'll they start will, when okay. you start. 
Siblings Roderick and Pamela buy a giant British mansion on the coast for an obscenely cheap price. It turns out it's haunted. They buy it from an old guy. Uh, his daughter comes there. She starts to be affected by the hauntings. It's haunted by both the old guy's mistress and his dead wife. Um, it turns out that the old guy's mistress is actually this woman's mom. She has to go to an insane asylum at some point. As soon as the woman realizes that the mistress was her mom, the ghost is set free, and they just have to deal with the dead wife, who they get rid of by saying, you're not scary anymore, get the fuck out of here. What a weird plot synopsis. Yeah, kind of perfect. It's this easy is a hard... 1940s movie that has not Act, This is not thing. easy. There's a lot happening in this movie. Eh. Like, I completely yeah, ignored the subplot with the doctor. Front. There's a whole other... It's kind of hard on a mystery movie, and this is primarily that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a lot Which going on. Which gets here. us into... What in the fuck subgenres of horror this movie fits into. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first and I'll say ghost. This is a ghost movie. Did, are you sure? Yeah, very sure. There is there's, definitely I'm not very ghost. sure about that. There's ghosts on screen. Okay. That had to be censored for British release. Because they were too scary. Did you read about this? It was too scary. They had to take out the special effects. They took out the, the, the glass breaking in the seance scene and the ghost. I would like to know how they the did, actually did the ghost. Do either of you know? Uh, yeah, it's, it was a woman with a sheet, and then, like, you impose frames on top of each other in a weird photography way. I don't understand, but... Okay, I guess that's as close to analysis as we're gonna get. <laughs> well, that makes sense, it, and right? then They, they just superimposed... Magic. I don't know. They, they superimposed a shot of a woman waving a sheet on top of the, the actual yeah. film. And you put, like, you so copy just... the frame, like, five times, so then there's one-sixth of the frame. Is, I don't is think any ghost. of this is remotely close to what's, what actually happens. I don't think your face is remotely close to what happens. If only we had some sort of, like, professional who knew about filmmaking <laughs> that we knew who could talk about this. It was computers. Probably 1940s computers. Big punch cards. <laughs> yeah, it was the Enigma machine. Before it, was cra- before it was cracking codes, it was actually just making movies. Exactly. So, what else you got? Jake? What in the fuck? Haunted house. Oh, Mark stole it. <laughs> Are you seriously going to dive Mark in just like just that? Just Mark swoops in to steal spot. it. You're steal the other spot. Layup. It's been a while since the Mark easy. taking the layup every week thing has reared its head, so I'd like to see it back. Fucking dickhead. Jake, what do you Bullshit. got now that the two are gone? It was my turn. Maybe it's a fucking sci-fi movie, Mark. How about that? <laughs> no, it's not. Nope. Huh? It's, Maybe it's a house movie. Um, so I'm going to throw one out there for consideration, okay? Neither Mark or I had seen this movie, but is this a classic? Uh, I honestly Does don't this know. I would say yes, but... Because this falls in a weird period in horror where you don't see a lot of classics that aren't coming out of what was actually, like, before this, you had, like, Universal. Right. And that was sort of dying yep. off. So you didn't... I, I don't feel like a movie like this could kind of squeeze its way in. We're, but I don't know what else from this period of time would have been considered Not a whole a lot, but the other thing is, I, I think of this as a classic just because of the place it has in my head, but I have no concept of how, yeah, what exposure this had to the wider world. Um, I, it has to be mm-hmm. at least some amount of known to the, the world writ large to be a classic, and I don't know if this fits into that. I th- I think I think so, and to a degree, I don't think they're extremely related, but there is another uninvited movie that was made. Oh, yeah. In like 1988 or something like that, wasn't it? Like 2010 Much more or something. Like that. And it's oh. terrible. So, um, here's here's a metric. Here's I mean, a metric only... I'm going to introduce. From the same decade, Casablanca, 
Unmitigated classic, right? Everyone's heard of that movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say unmitigated disaster. <laughs> Casablanca, complete trash. <laughs> 400, four, Mark, what do you think of Citizen Kane? Four, uh, Citizen Kane is terrible. Casablanca has 420,000 reviews on IMDb. Okay. This movie. Oh, you're going you're gonna to Anyone want to guess? 15. Uh, 300. 7,500. Oh, shit. Classic. That's not bad. <laughs> not really the direction I was assuming that would go, but, you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I So I already kind of said the other one. It's We don't really consider it as a category, but this is primarily a mystery. It's also kind of a romance. A little bit. Which... Between a Four forty, romance, a creepy forty-year-old and a twenty-year-old, dude, that's the way most couples are, isn't it? <laughs> sure. Yes. Wait, your your marriages aren't <laughs> like that. That's exactly what mine is. I'm the creepy forty-year-old. I don't really understand the joke. This drinking a mimosa with your pinky out. <laughs> I had to interject that so that my wife didn't think I was insulting her. Okay. Oh my God. I don't have anything um, else. House is a house movie. Myself. Like, well, we already said haunted house. Shut the fuck up. Nice. It's just if it's it's a necessary and sufficient situation. It's a haunted house. It has to be a house movie. So this movie came out in 1944, but it's set in 1937. So is it a period piece slash historical? No. no. Okay. <laughs> Asshole. Um, it's also not foreign, though it is set in England. It's an American movie. That's all I got. Yeah, with people who don't really have British accents. We, yeah. Yeah, they just have like old timey <laughs> well, American audiences. Accent. Audiences were a lot more forgiving at the time. I don't think there was much of a difference. Yeah, I don't think you could distinguish much at the time between just stage acting sorts of voices because that's what you got. The housekeeper has a garbage Irish accent. It's so bad. We're bordering on what the movie does wrong, so we might just want to. We're done <laughs> with categories, right? We're done. Can with we skip what the movie does right too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying we probably ought to get that one out of the way so we can start talking about this thing. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Just moving along. I think we should really consider sci-fi. You can die on that hill. <laughs> it's not a joke, Jake. Some movies are actually sci-fi, and you're uh, you're hurting my cause here. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, because I will bring this back up when you say something sci-fi that's not sci-fi. I'll say that you thought The Uninvited was sci-fi. Yeah. And you'll be like, oh, that was a joke. But you're, you're serious. Understand jokes. Listener, you can't see his face, but his face is serious. <laughs> So what it does right, how about that, huh? Well, how about what you guys do about this movie? <laughs> oh, my God. What did we do about it? I watched it. <laughs> Knew about it, you stupid jackass. <laughs> what did we know I about can't it? understand a thing you're saying, man. Oh, that God. might be the beer, though. Knew about it. Jake's just being obstructionist at this point. Jake, you're ruining this one. Filibuster. I knew nothing about this. You had mentioned this when we were doing our Nightmare Junkhead feature uh, for the, the 1990s. What was the thing called? The bracket? <laughs> Into Whatever, the mouth thing. of March Madness. With Nightmare Junkhead. How dare you? Get it yes. right. When we were doing our spot on Nightmare Junkhead's wonderful podcast that they were very gracious to have us Thank on. You. Um, you mentioned this as your gateway horror. We all kind of talked about what movies got us into horror in the first place, and you brought this one up. That was literally the only exposure I've had to this at all. And I'd heard of it. I mean, right. you've talked about it in nauseam over the fucking million <laughs> years that I've known you. I have. Uh, but I haven't watched it. Jake pulling Jake pulling the typical hipster maneuver. Have you heard of this band that no one has ever heard of? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm definitely aware of them. <laughs> I, I definitely. Yeah, no, I heard about it. I, I only like their early books stuff. about it. That's not what I pulled. Yeah, the early... I pulled the I know Jack and Jack <laughs> talks about this movie. Therefore, I've heard of it. <laughs> so defensive. All right. I'm not a hipster. <laughs> 
Jack, how many times have you seen uh, this? Four now. Okay. Saw it when I was... Talk us through each of them in excruciating Saw it when detail, I was a little, little kid. Um, saw it a couple of years later when I was maybe eight. I wanted to watch it again. I was talking to my dad about it. What was that weird movie we watched where the dog wouldn't go upstairs? Because that's like how I had this categorized in my head for a long time. The movie where the dog won't go upstairs. Um, sure. Isn't it where the cat won't go upstairs? It's a cat. Well, the dog initially won't go upstairs. Yeah, but then also the, the, I, the cats. Fuck the, cats. No, Who cares? I don't give a shit what a cat does. I, like I don't it. even remember a cat. You know what? A cat won't go... A to Z horror. A to Z horror PSA. Full disclosure. Cat. Actually, this Whoa, is something important false. to talk about. We, yeah, No, lies. That's not our platform. But here's something important. Jake, <laughs> you watched this on YouTube because it's freely available on YouTube for the most part. For the most <laughs> 90% part. 90% free. of it, yeah. Where yeah, I got, did I got the movie that. end for you? Uh, they had established everything that was going on. They knew who, I guess is a weird way to put it. The ghost it was, is. Sure. They had solved the mystery. And at that point, Ray Millen's character, what was his name? Roderick. Something like that. He was, he was Gerald. He was heading into another room by himself and it cut. Okay. So he was, was he heading up the stairs? He was going through a door. Okay, so he, here's what happens, just to clear it up for you, because this is important. This is actually what Mark's yeah, talking the about the with movie. the cat will go upstairs. I figured I had seen the climax, but I missed everything that might round out what this should be in your mind, which, frankly, I wasn't prepared to go back because reasons, <laughs> but... Sure, Mark and I watched it on Amazon where it cost $1.99 to rent, but you get the whole thing. Although it does still end abruptly. There's no credits or anything. It literally ends the second dialogue stops. Huh. Okay. Um there's a mother-in-law the, joke. Oh, it ends with a real is. Ernie K. Doe-style mother-in-law joke. Yeah, it's hardcore. <laughs> but mother-in-law. They, <laughs> mother-in-law. They figure it out, <laughs> and then he goes upstairs, right? The uh, the the Spanish mistress slash love interest's real mother goes away happily because her story has been resolved, right? And then, <laughs> then the the uh, ex-wife, the dead wife, I guess just dead, and ex, makes sense. Um, he, Roderick goes upstairs to confront her because she's still in the house. Mm-hmm. And you see her apparition by the, by the studio. And sure. he says, you're not scary to us anymore. And then he throws a, a, like a candelabra at her. And casts her out of the house. Well, it's well, lit. it's lit. Yeah, it goes out. A though, candelabra or a carousel-ombra? I have no idea no, what that thing you just said was. It's what? a Led Zeppelin what? album. It's a song. It's not it's, an album. It's, Isn't it? Okay, well, whatever. It's inarguably the best Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> nope. Inarguably. <laughs> nope. Um, and so... Dig, 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 dig. Okay. <laughs> so then the four so of them synth? the doctor who's in love with the sister now and uh roderick and the the his his uh, the 20 year old woman <laughs> doing great you're doing great jack keep it up the four of them are standing in the doorway and you they just get orgy. you get some brief dialogue about how and bobby will probably come home tomorrow which i want to talk about later because they don't give a shit about that dog and then uh, the the Rod says, uh, "I was pretty nervous there. I almost had that ghost from my mother-in-law." And then they chuckle, and then it cuts. <laughs> uh, but yep. but before so that, I didn't miss much. But before that, there's a scene with the cat on the staircase going up the staircase, and the sister says, "The cat will go upstairs." 
And I think that's the only reference to the cat not wanting the foul beast. That's the only reference to the cat not wanting to go upstairs. Well, no, because there's also the original reference to the cat not wanting to go upstairs where it doesn't want to go upstairs. That's the dog, Mark. Dogs are different Mm, than cats. I feel like there are three scenes and two of them are cats. You are. I just. So is this movie really just anti mother in law? Is that its platform? It. More or less. Well, actually, no. It's pro mother in law. Is it? He almost. I mean, it's a mother in law joke. Mother in law. No, he doesn't. No, he vanquishes. The mother-in-law leaves happily. The, the, the Spanish woman, the mistress, is the actual mother-in-law. Oh, that's Car- Carmel? Yeah, Carmel is yeah. is the 20-year-old woman's real mother. Get it straight. What is that woman's God. name? Um, Continuation of A to Z Horror PSA. We do not advocate curing your problems by throwing fire at it. That seems like a really bad I thing to do I advocate curing some of your problems like that. I mean, if you're cold, throw some fire at it. That'll probably work. But, like... If you have a ghost, you're trying to get rid of the ghost in your house, don't throw fire at it, you're just going to burn your fucking house down. I'm just saying, that seems too context-dependent to make that one of our positions. Okay, redacted. I officially have redacted that. Okay. Okay. But I still don't, I'm still not comfortable recommending people throw candles at things. Eh. Should we talk about what the movie does right now? No. (laughs) Eventually, we'll need to get to it. I just, it was important, because Jake hadn't actually seen the ending of this movie. Yeah, it was, thank you. And you did miss a pretty sweet mother-in-law joke. I, th- I'm actually upset about that, but I'm not upset about seeing whatever that fucking effect they used on the ghost thing was again. I, not a fan of the, I of the effect. It. I thought it looked good. It's okay. fine. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I wish I understood well, more tr- how it worked. It clearly wasn't Jake, for lack of effort. I just don't think it looks particularly good. This movie came out over 70 years ago. Yep. Transition into so what did, it does so right. So did King Kong. Here, I'll so save us. King Kong. I'll save us. I thought the ghost looked good. I thought they did the effects well. It was interesting. I'll give it that. I, I, it could be a personal, subjective thing. It first I, off, I think it legitimately looks better than any CGI ghost I've seen. I don't know if I'll agree with that. I mean, I, I can see both of your perspectives. I, I do. Th- I th- definitely historically adjusted. It looks great. Showing a full frame apparition appearing like this looks legitimately good. And uh, yes, the, a lot of it's corrected, right? Like in the original Ghostbusters. It's harder because the cameras are a lot better. So the 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 imposed over screen effect, right, that they did with some of the ghosts there, looks a lot worse because the cameras are better. But yeah, but Jake or Jack, inarguably, whoever. Slimer, yeah, both of you, Slimer is the better ghost. I mean, this ghost looks creepier, <laughs> but it's not as lovable. It's definitely not as lovable. Yeah, who is though? Um, I I will. I'll pile on your, your comment because you just said the effects are good. The ghost itself is is middling and is probably going to split people because it is very historically adjusted. And if you don't appreciate it for what it is, it can't... Like, I can understand people who say it looks bad. But what I will say, the lighting is phenomenal. They do a lot of yes. really, really, really cool stuff with the lighting. And, yeah. and its shadows. They use it really interestingly in the storytelling as well. And that's a hallmark yeah. of what this movie is, and we didn't mention it in like what type of movie this is, and I probably should have been more on my game during that segment. I was kind of just glossing You should be more on your it. game a lot. You're just being in more general, obstructionist. I was being obstructionist. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't advocate for this being a category, but this is, I mean, maybe it's <laughs> a subset of like haunted house, although it doesn't require the house to be haunted for this category to exist. This is uh, like the old dark house variety of movie. Um, 
and that has a lot to do with how the lighting works like going back to the old dark house movie itself like that's all about the lighting and the way that that house is a character that's right. what this does and i agree to, with mark's point tremendously well and i think that's where it really shines through is there is a lot of personality in how that this house makes you feel as you're watching it that i was frankly kind of surprised by i mean i know the house's name more than i know every character except for roderick's name sure. windward right it's the windward house He's the original Rowdy Roddy. He asks, he, he asks, right? He is the original Rowdy Roddy. But I don't know any of the other Windward, right? That's that's the house, and it's a character. I don't know. I know one of them is a commander, and Did his daughter. Did you say you know it better, and then you had to fact check yourself? No. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happened. No, I did not say right. I know the house is You Windward. did say right. The record will show you said right. If I said right, it was like Valley Girl style right. Like, right? It was a way that you wanted our validation yes. of you. That's and what your I'm existence. constantly craving. I'm My never God, just give, give it to that. me one time. Continue. I'll say that all of this is best exemplified. Um, there's there's a lot of scenes that are cool looking where there's this, like you were saying the frame is about seventy percent darkness and they're holding like a candle in their front lit. Yeah, and those are good scenes. But yeah. best exemplified by when the haunting first happens, or I guess maybe second time it happens. Um, and they run out of the house. They come back in, and the maid is screaming. And all you see is the very front of the stairs being lit. And all you hear is this maid scream, like blood-curdling scream in the distance or whatever. The guy grabs a flashlight and turns it on, like, halfway up the stairs. And it's actually almost like a jump scare, because the maid is there. She's just, like, suddenly just center-lit. How yeah. does this flashlight work? How did flashlights in the 1940s work? Were batteries readily available? Was this like a super unique 1937. item? Sure. 37. Thank you. Was Thank this you, was Jake. he wasting precious resources? Are you, what how prevalent were flashlight flashlights in the 30s? Jack. Flashlights. Flashlights. <laughs> how prevalent were fascists? Uh I mean, Jack, these people just up and bought a house, which okay. we haven't really touched on, touched okay. on yet. Okay, let's get into this. They bought no, this house. No, no, no. Wait, let's out. not get sidetracked. <sighs> Is what you're about to say, is it related to what the movie does right? No. Then can it? <laughs> can it? But more, it's not. It's just related to what history didn't do right, so. I was confused by that. I, I do not know the history of the flashlight. Uh, but, I mean, this movie was made in 1944, so, I mean, like, it's not like they invented something from the future for right, this Right, no, I know, I but I just... They use candles throughout so much of it, and then at one point, he just has a flashlight that works kind of well. It works really well because it frames the maid perfectly, and it's a great scene. It's a flashlight. Yeah. Movie magic. That's all I really wanted to say about it. It's, it's, it's one of the most phenomenally constructed lighting scenes I know of. Wow. Sure. High praise. And, and the, the, the first real love scene between him and... Stella is Stella the the, the, the first woman? real love scene. Yeah, the first one where there's they're there like scenes. romance is starting to to brew. The first time there's full penetration <laughs> <laughs> in the studio when it's all dark and the light gets darker and darker as the scene goes on and Stella steps further and further into the shadows, which you later learn has to do with her inhabiting her mother's ghost in the house. It's yeah, that's, that, it's that's really Stella. cool. It's really cool. Stella played by Gail Russell who died of alcoholism when she was like 30 yikes womp womp that's what the movie does wrong sorry i jumped ahead <laughs> jesus <laughs> that's what it casts future alcoholics she's noted as starting to drink on the set of this movie because she was nervous because like it was her first role so she started drinking and then she 
That's why I started drinking because I was nervous for this podcast. And I didn't drink at all before wow. this podcast. No, I, I've never seen you drink a beer before <laughs> in my life. We're, we're hitting a weird mix of like sad Hollywood drama and funny Jackson Idiot drama. It's <laughs> the best kind of drama. I, I don't. I, I frankly, I don't know how to handle it. Uh, Wait, somebody else could say name? one thing about what the movie does right. We haven't moved past the first thing. Uh, lighting. Lighting and effects are where we're at. Jake, say something nice about the movie. I already did. I talked. You, I talked about lighting. You don't have anything nice to say. I don't think you provided I, anything. I I'll did. provide I, one I more thing. I'll provide one more thing since I just piggybacked on Jax. Unintentionally, there are some really good lines in this. Oh, there's like, a lot of good lines. I'm not we praise. In the least. We praise you know, all of the other campy movies for their quotability. And yet this one has stuff like, I, I have to be meek enough to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be meek enough. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a lot uh, of funny stuff. But that sure. isn't necessarily even campy. I just think this is a well-written movie that has funny lines mixed in with the dramatic. I think it's campy, but it's like 1940s camp, where I don't think everyone took movies that seriously like all it seems like all of them had Mark, some level of old-timey people took movies so seriously all those people got the vapors when they saw that video of the train is that indicative oh, of them taking my. it seriously i just meant from like a screenwriting standpoint they always interject the guy with the cigarette with the cigarette being like with some joke about mother-in-law's mother-in-law it's mother's-in-law like attorney's general or alarms clock ham's sandwich yes Man, Ernie K. Doe calls his mother-in-law the devil so many times in that song. Literally just the devil. Yep. What does this movie do wrong? Jack, let me ask you a question. Yeah, buddy. How do you feel about this couple, that couple, brother and sister, up and buying a house for no apparent reason 300 miles from where they live? It's so bizarre. I don't understand. Maybe this is an old-timey British thing. I do not understand the premise of this I have another related question. Yeah, shoot. Now... Rowdy Roddy is a composer, is he not? <laughs> he is not initially. He has designs on being a composer. So, okay, you're playing I... into my hand. How in the fuck are they? So, are they living on mommy and daddy's dime? Is that yes. what these people yeah, are? Yeah, this is this okay. is like Jeeves and Worcester era. Jeeves Worcester never did anything. He's just a rich layabout who got into scrapes that Jeeves had to get him out of. Now, at the start of this movie, I thought that Ray or. Er, Ray, Ray Milland. Ray Milland's character, Roddy, Rowdy, Roddy, and his sister, Pam, uh-huh. were an item. It took me I a while too. to figure out. Yeah. Were, yeah, okay. Well, well most of my I, childhood. It, it was confusing. It's interesting. I feel like that's a sign of the times. It's a time capsule part of this movie because I feel like nowadays you just set it up like that. But I yes. almost, like, I feel like they felt like they needed some other heartthrob to be mixed in for it, for it to work. A, what kind of adult buys a house with their sibling? I was thinking about this, though. I haven't been single for a long time. But if I were currently single, my sister is currently single, and we found a cool you house somewhere, buy a house. I could see buying a house with weird. my sister. I could see buying a house with my sister. This is getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Let's just breeze right past that. It I'm going to move past it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I thought he was much more of a composer than you guys are letting on. Like, I feel like he had some level of career. Maybe he, was, he made like a few commercials, like some jingles. He just composed some jingles. No, no, no. He, he says on. at the beginning, the he's doing propose. someone else's work. He's doing contract work and not composing his own stuff in the city. He's not fulfilled. So he's doing jingles. No, he's not writing anything. He's not writing his own stuff. 
He's playing mm, stuff. Doing jingles? No. No. <laughs> I don't know. Stella by Starlight's a bit of a jingle. They needed a lot of jingles during oh. wartime, Jack. <laughs> Guys. What? Let's let's drop the rewind tape just for one second. Just What this movie does right is Stella by Starlight. That's a super famous song, song composed organically for this movie. Sure. I believe it was nominated for an I don't even know if Academy Awards were out there. It was nominated for whatever mechanism Ac- they had for recognition. Academy music Award at the time. is correct. Yes. Okay. <sighs> there were those back in 1944? There were. Fair enough. Okay. I was right the first time. Nailed it. Okay. Fast <laughs> forward now. Anything. Yeah, Fast no, that, that's great. Um, here's, okay. It is weird that they buy this house together. That's very strange. They also buy for it for 1,200 pounds. 1,200 pounds. I have no idea how much money that is, but it can't be the 8 million pounds that this house is worth. I'm uh, saying if inflation what? was properly performed. 1937 in the middle i mean you also don't really know where the house is it could be in the middle of a freaking island it's on the have any coast of cornwall they say it in the movie yeah they do oh, say that okay you do know exactly where it is yeah that I, I was just checking to see whether or not you understood it that was a, <laughs> yeah, it was a you passed. like i i certainly Jack. didn't do the research but i can't imagine that 1200 pounds inflates to 8 million pounds which is what i expect that house to go for where day. yeah where's the 8 million number coming from whoa Jack is now uh, brutalizing his animals. I'm not brutalizing <laughs> anyone. She's just whining for no reason. Right into your microphone. This is I so know. unprofessional. She's, she's hopped up on the bed and whining right in. She wants me to pet her. Eight million is coming from an estimation, Mark, but a house on the coast That's of Cornwall. That's A giant like mansion. $750,000. 16,700 pounds in 2017. So they bought this giant fucking mansion on the course to Conwell for $20,000. You can't speak English today. The course of Conwell. Is that what I said? Dude, this is amazing. Yeah. Well, it fuck. was a steal, but it's ha- it's haunted, Jack. It's okay. haunted. Okay, okay. On the money train, somebody explain to me how the fuck old English money works. There's halfpennies and sixpence that makes farthings, that makes shillings, that makes tuppence, maybe, that makes sterling that makes pounds it's impossible it's not a comprehensible thing Jack. explain the system to me and you haven't even talked about quid <laughs> you haven't even <laughs> or... talked about quid it's all <laughs> slang dude no it's Think not it. there were yeah, actually farthings and shillings and pounds okay so there, there are certain things then there's slang for other things okay start naming u.s terms related to money you would Audit, you would get there. But they're all the same fucking thing. What I'm saying here is that mm. some number of pence make a shilling, some number of shillings make a farthing, some number of farthings make a pound, and that's some not how it works Some number of Aves here. make a fucking Washington. No! How many... <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> how many... How many farthings does it take to buy a sixpence none the richer album? It's nobody that math cannot be done by our best computers today. It's it's impossible. <laughs> it's so do either of you legitimately have any understanding of how that system works? I mean, yes, we all have an intuitive system understanding of how it works cuz it's based on 
decimal math and it isn't. double entry book. It isn't. I'm pretty sure that a pence <laughs> is a sixth of a shilling, sure. which is a Jack's fifth of a sure. farthing, which is an eighth of a pound. I think it's something like that. Jack is pretty sure. So, listener, Jack is pretty sure that English <laughs> currency is not based on logic. It makes. <laughs> no, I'm saying, Mark, tell me what you think the ratios are. There's there's an element of non-Euclidean geometry. Tell me what in. you think the ratios are. I have no idea what the ratios are, but you're not asking me that. You're asking me how currency works, and I'm telling you I that each of these how, has an individual value relative to the next. Of other things, but I'm saying that they're they're quarters, sixths, and thirds, or something weird like that. Just because you're bad at fractions, Scarecrow. <laughs> you are such a stupid okay, Mark. Idiot. Mark, I've pulled it up here. You tell me if this makes any fucking kind of sense to you, okay? Mm-hmm. You Two farthings make up a halfpenny, right? So a okay. farthing then is a half a cent. Um, twelve pence, twelve cents make up a shilling. Two shillings make up a florin. Five shillings make up a crown, and four crowns make up a pound. That is bananas. Okay, Mark, I just told it to you. So now with your genius at fractions, tell me how many fucking shillings are in a pound. There isn't a number. Do you know why? Because a pound is 12 cents is a fucking shilling. That doesn't fit into a pound. It makes no sense. I just said 12. No, there are not 12 shillings in a pound. How many shillings are in a pound, Jack? You can't. It doesn't fit cleanly. I I mean I I'm not here to I'm not here to like regulate their currency, man. They can set it up however they want. You're the one who was saying it made sense. It does make sense. Explain that, it to me. Things then. don't have to have deci- like zeros at the end. You can have unclean numbers and decimals and shit. I mean, clearly that's incorrect because in 1974 they decided no, this is fucking asinine. We're going with a hundred cents to a pound, and that's all. I'm not arguing it's not asinine. The two dollar bill was asinine. Two dollar bill. Was you can get awesome. rid of it. And it made sense. <laughs> you know how many quarters go into a $2 bill? Eight. It makes sense. It's normal. I'm just saying, there is not a person alive other than some weird historian on PBS who understands how the old British money system works. I imagine I imagine there's an episode of Pawn Stars where someone comes in with a hay penny or something, and the main bald guy is like, hold on, let me get my British currency guy on the phone. Oh, a hay penny? You mean, uh, you mean two farthings? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Jake, Jake. Jake, wake Jake, up. Jake is just off this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Tell us something this movie did wrong. Get us back on track. I got a lot. Are we back? Are we currency. back yet? Are you yes, still yeah, arguing? <laughs> I, I'm trying to get us back. You're not helping. Okay, so we're back. Um, I think that one of the things this did wrong, and I, it, I guess I would pot it under the immersion category as a whole, is it's really hard to follow and stay engaged with these characters. Jack, you kind of alluded to it earlier with the fact that you were like, I know this house better than I know any of these characters. There's not really much from a memorable standpoint going on here whatsoever. And I think that the way that these people are acting is so like of the time and of an almost stage actor sort of presence that looking back on it now, it makes it really difficult to watch and assess because it's, like so specific and strange from what we're used to as a modern viewer. Yeah. And that's a bit tough because we're talking about what it does wrong and I'm kind of assessing it from a historical standpoint, but no, 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 but, but it strikes this weird balance to me. 
it's really hard to watch, and almost none of them have any character. They're all just generic people. Yeah, I mean, they just feel like people who have jumped up on a stage and they're reciting their lines, and they're going to exit stage, and then they're going to come back on and recite some more lines, and they're going to exit stage. It doesn't feel like legitimate organic characters to me. Roderick gets a little bit more of it with the braggadociousness on the boat of, I've got a stomach like Gibraltar, and then maybe we shouldn't have put so much faith in Gibraltar. And he gets a little bit of all the humor. Yeah, but and that that's... helps because you identify with humor. But, but that's it, it. it. That's the only character who's any different. Yeah, from... it's it's a bit tough. Yeah. How much of that is historical bias, though? I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. Is like I feel yeah. a little bit dickish for saying it, but I don't know if whatever. I don't know you if... can't be in a complete vacuum. I cannot transport myself back to 1944, right. so I'm right. doing my best. But it's it's rough in the end. It's rough. well, it's also not like people in 1944 didn't have distinct personalities and character. Just because all yeah, the that's actually true. They also had a poor. different conception of what like watching a movie was. Sure, sure, sure. But I'm not. I'm not trying to look at it as a like movie you said. They had to cut there. this shit in Britain, right? To not they, show the ghost. They had to cut up the special scary, effects. So like, yeah. I I think that's a difficult. So place this was, to put yourself. In. This interestingly was one of the first movies that portrayed ghosts as a real thing that exists. All all the movies with ghosts in them prior to this, they were uh, a prank. Or it was like Abbott and Costello meet a ghost. They were comedic and not supposed to be real. What year was that? Abbott and Costello meet a ghost? I think 30... On the spot. Five? I don't know. I honestly that don't know. That sounds like some... Bet. What, what am I gonna... I don't know. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just doing... I'm doing Jake's part. You're supposed to bet somehow. Oh, you said bet. <laughs> I just say the word bet until you guys bet. Bet. Well, you didn't bet. No. Yeah, because A to Z horror is against peer pressure. <laughs> We're not. We're very pro peer pressure. Oh well, then bet. Why aren't you betting yet? Holy shit! They had a lot of different meat movies. Because Jake's already looking <laughs> at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's already put his thumb on the scale. <clears throat> That's unfortunate. What year did Abbott and Costello meet a ghost come out? Oh, I don't know. Well, oh, fucking cool. Yeah, really great. Work. We really need a producer. Jesus Christ. 1948, jeez. Wait, so what? After, fuck you. Okay, well. Still. So there you go. This is the first one to do it. God. Jack. Blam! I'm officially declaring it now. That means I win the bet. Or Jake, what movie are you watching? I didn't even bet you, you motherfucker. Okay, fuck. What else? What else movie Jake? you wrong? It's Jake. not my turn. You should watch the movie uh, The Cell. Mark, shut the fuck up. You weren't even part of this. Okay, <laughs> let's be Son over here. I'll put my Mark, what else Mark, is the movie, movie wrong? wrong? I, you guys covered both the main ones that I that I wanted to talk about. Is there's there's a certain shallowness oh, no. to the characters. Yeah, and it does come out in a number of of interesting scenes. Like honestly, like they're they can actually be kind of helpful depending on how you look at it. If you're looking at this as like a campy classic type thing, then they might be helpful. But there are ones up. There are other ones where like. The girl walks in, she's like, I'm not going to be afraid, mother. And then, like, a, a very light breeze blows on her, and she goes, <gasps> and immediately freaks out. And it's, I mean, beyond that, I feel like we've kind of already commented on the lack of character in the characters. Sure. Uh, yes. I, I don't have a ton of extra stuff to complain about. I, I feel like a lot of this is just sort of a symptom of the time it was made in. Yes. Okay, here's not a symptom of the time it's made in, or maybe it was, I don't know. These people don't give a shit about their dog. They're worried enough about this dog to chase it into this abandoned house, but then he comes home one day and she's like, 
Bobby ran away during the day. And he's like, oh, Bobby's never done that before. Huh. And that's well, it. Well, it's not like he's going to get hit by a car. He's going to jump off this dangerous cliff. Or no, get, he's not. Get et by a predator. He's a, No, he's not. There's no predators in Cornwall. There's probably predators get, in Cornwall. Did you see the most that dangerous dog? Like the most dangerous thing would be like a German bombing raid. Well, that might happen. <laughs> it might. But I'm that's saying, kind of he's just like, independent. He's, I, I would say, well, Bobby's never done that before. That's weird. We should maybe go try to find him. Other than just, well, that's weird. Let's go inside and close all the doors. Jack, you know what you do in this situation? What? You get your ass out there and you find that fucking dog. I'm saying. I know. They did nothing. The little boy gave up looking for Happy after an hour. He didn't put posters up or anything. He just sat on the porch like a goon and waited. That little boy's got to think, you got a pet. You got a responsibility. If your dog is lost, you don't look for an hour and then call it quits. You get your ass out there and you find that fucking dog. Oh, I'm you don't just, just a sit British there on the porch and dogs like a run away all the wait. time. Jack, that was spot on. I appreciate your, your effort that you're bringing to this podcast. Thank you. Can you. can you just do all of your... I'm giving you permission right now. All of your ratings need to be in a British accent. Well, I say... But, uh, I, I don't know what else to say right now. But I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? Can we be done with this? Are we rating now? Uh, I, I got another thing Review. that's wrong. It's too long. Uh, Movie's too long. It's only 100 minutes, man. It's too long. It's not paced super well. There Agreed. is a lot of extraneous extra stuff that happens, and I, I I feel like we get this from every movie that's based on a book. I feel like I don't know if we've mentioned that or not. This is based on a book by Dorothy McArdle from 1942. Everybody's favorite book, The Hunger Games of its day. <laughs> yeah, and I do feel like you get that when you do these screen adaptations of just like you keep everything from the book, and then that's a problem. So then you cut some things and not other things, and they don't fit together well anymore. Yeah. Not mean? I do. Yeah. That's all I got. Ratings. Feels right. Reviewed. Reviewed, Jack. Send from down below. Mother in law. Mother in law. Mother in law. Mother in law. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how Jimmy McMillan would rate the current level of the rent. There's nowhere to go. Once again, why? You said it, the rent is too damn high. Thank you, Mr. McMillan. And for 10, think of how Maverick would rate his need for speed. I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! Story is the first category in which you rate these movies. I guess this was my pick, so it's my story. Grandfather, please. These are always a little bit tricky, the ones that are based on books. Right, how much credit do you give to the... I don't even fucking know that. that. Don't even take that into consideration. It's from 1944. Okay. Have you read the book, Jack? Uh, no. no. Then don't bother. No. Don't, even tr- don't even try. I guess I'm going to give it a six for story then. I think it's it's mm-hmm. overall very solid, but not super, super special, right? It's just a really good mystery, haunted house, problem solved at the end I, I don't really understand why they can cast the the mom out the mom go or i guess the fake mom ghost out by by being like we're not afraid of you anymore and that's why it's it's losing some points for me um but I think she hates laughter jack it's good 
There's only going to be laughter in this house from now on. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Laughter only. <laughs> and then they literally throw a candle at her and she disappears. Yeah. Candelabra. Mark, several candles. Okay. Fair enough. Six. Mark, how about you? Uh, I gave it a seven. This is oh, historically my. adjusted. Jake's going to give it a ten. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, you guys are there's, both real there's... low on this one. There's more complexity here than I think we really got into. I For a movie that is 70-plus years old, I was expecting this storyline to be much more straightforward. Uh, they do have some twists and turns, notably that the Spanish mistress was the actual mother and that she was protecting her from, like, the pretend mother-in-law. Scandalous. <laughs> mother-in-law. It was, it was scandalous. I mean, there's two things there. One, that the it's kind of interesting that the girl is like happy that she's the daughter. Like she actually is like ecstatic that her mother is the Spanish mistress. And this not is the, the most self aware woman. She's so self secure and self aware and just like, yeah, but my dad's kind of a dick and I never really liked that woman. So great, I got an awesome new mom. Everything's great for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, That's it was just weird, an, right? That she was like a self. She was like secure and self-aware. It's kind of it progressive, yeah. And yeah, it's surprisingly progressive. Was like so nervous that she started drinking and eventually drank herself to death. Yeah, well, that's like well, a weird reversal. History well, was like less very... progressive than this movie. I think you'll find that's frequently true. That art is more progressive than history. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, this movie has more complexity to its story than I think I was expecting. If I saw this today, it would be a much lower score, but giving it credit for being septuagenarian. Cool. Yeah, but compared to the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, where how many fucking things happen in that goddamn movie? Lots. Like, yeah. Well, and that's interesting. I'd like to watch more from this era where there's a transition between the talkie and the silent film and just see how they handle plot differently. Okay. We can certainly watch more old movies. I'd be all for that. So I, I don't know if I would. Shut the fuck up, Jack. <laughs> Jake, story. Uh, well, this isn't going to be much of a shock. I gave it a five and a half. Um, it's look, you guys have kind of already said it all. It's a paranormal mystery story with a romance bend. Uh, like technically, it's fine. There is a lot going on here, and I do agree with everything Mark just said about that. But I can't really give it any more points than that. I didn't even see the end, and I don't really <laughs> care to at this point. So it's not like an earth shattering story by any means, especially after what you said about what happens at the end. So yeah, five and a half, a mother-in-law joke, mother-in-law. Yeah. World building and immersion is our next category. Uh, and I'm going to give it a six for world building and immersion. I know this is way higher than either. You're going to go for me. This is a couple <laughs> of things. Um, is it not? Jesus. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> Fuck you both. We will see. Uh, number one, this has a, nostalgic my childhood kind of thing going on for it so that 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 helps suck me in a whole lot that's key um another big one is this is an era and a style of thing that i romanticize super heavily um this old timey you don't have to worry about too much just wear a suit with a hat drive cars ride around on trains your job yeah Less than one minute ago, you were, frankly, opposed to watching more old movies. Explain. Yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know if I was opposed to <laughs> watching more old movies on on record. I think that he was lives he lives his air. life a quarter mile at a time. Exactly, Jake. exactly. No, um, the, I'm not. You want to talk like <laughs> Strangers on a Train era or North by Northwest? I'm super into that. Hold on, time out. How many times have you mentioned trains in this episode, man? I like trains, Mark. <laughs> okay, time back in. Keep talking. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I meant more of the silent era stuff. That's that's harder for me to, to romanticize. Cause yeah, it's kind of hard to romanticize something that there's no boring. speaking in. Yeah. But but this oh this is this is going well. So this era in particular is is especially romanticized for me. This is I, I love the Jeeves and Worcester shit. I love this shit. I love Strangers on a Train and North by Northwest, all that stuff. Um, so it gets extra points for me there. Some of the dialogue is is comedic and that draws you in a little bit. But apart from that, it's it's entirely two long scenes that are kind of hard to go from one to the other, along with like the boat Jack, scene doesn't fit that well in the rest you. of it. Yeah, buddy. Do you like Don Knotts? No, not really. Really? Look, I love the Andy Griffith show, but I think that's only because I watched it when I was a little kid. Ghost and Mr. Chicken? I. This is like the founding father for the Ghost and Mr. Chicken. I'm fine with the Ghost and Mr. Chicken, that's but don't even movie. fucking talk to me about the Incredible Mr. Limpet, because I hate that shit. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to talk about eh. it. It's terrible. Yeah, but Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Are you done with your rating yet? I don't remember what I said. You tell me if yeah, I'm you're done, done or not. Okay, you're done, cool. Mark. You Mark. gave it a six, and then you were convinced it was the highest. <clears throat> While we're on the subject, I just want to do a quick lightning round. No. Jack, yeah. lightning round. Yes, Weigh in on the acting abilities of these people. Okay. Ray Milland, main guy. Uh, good. Best. Highest in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth Hussey. I don't know who that is. His sister. His You're sister. Fucking serviceable. Uh, Donnie Crisp. They're the all. All the rest man. of them are the same. All the rest of them weren't given enough to do. You no, can't that's not judge true. it. Okay. What about the cat? The cat actor. Terrible. All cats are what terrible. About the dog. Dog. Okay. What about the dog? the dog? Bobby. Dog. Amazing. Final ghost actor. The ghost. Great. It was a good okay, ghost. There you go. What a lightning round that was. I should really teach an inside the actor's studio style class about acting. (laughs) We need a lightning round jingle. We probably do. We do. Get on that. I gave it a five and a half. Um, I, this movie was surprisingly charming. And that's basically how I'm going to pot this whole thing. There are definitely issues with it. The acting is of the typical like 1940s variety. Which, I don't know if it's so much the acting or the screenwriting, but I feel like it's a combination thereof. Um, And the story's complex for the era, but it's also something like, they really lay it on thick. Like, they're not expecting people to follow along that there's going to be a twist. And so they signpost this thing from, like, decades in advance. (laughs) Those things aside, like I said, this is a charming movie. It's It's just barely over a tight 90 I, I was pretty... I, it was easier to watch than I was expecting. Slightly better than average. Five and a half. I buy it. Jake? I gave it a three. Sure. Jack, what did you okay. give it? Six. Oh, Jesus. I was by far the lowest, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you are way off. I mean, this is... Well, to me, this is one of those that's like so... I mentioned it earlier. It's so clearly of the era. It's going to make you very aware that you're watching a staged piece of fiction, given the way that the acting goes in this thing. It just it feels like stage acting, and the delivery follows suit. Uh, 
there's just enough old time charm to keep this from being like among the least immersive things that you will see. And I hate to lean on this again, but I didn't see the end, and I didn't really feel like I needed to. So couldn't <laughs> that be the most like immersive a you thing problem. I've seen. Hey, it's a wide not an MP. Didn't feel didn't feel like I was missing anything. Didn't give me FOMO, so it wasn't that immersive. Fair enough. Three, three, three. Scare factor is up next. Um, and this is going to be a four for me. Um, I think that it does a decent job building creepiness and portioning out the actual ghost scenes such that w- with enough skepticism from the main characters such that they are effective when they happen. But uh, if I'm being honest, this is a huge bump up for me being creeped out when I was a kid watching this movie. And what did four year old Jack give this? Like a seven or an eight. This was this is the first horror movie I ever saw. Yeah, no, like, so I mean that's valid. Yeah, and it freaked the shit out of me. I still I still like the stuff with the the dog won't go upstairs. Like that stuff always gets to me a little bit. Oh and, yeah, animals no. That's I agree. And and this movie does that the conjuring really really well. Um, yeah. And so uh, I, I think that's cool. So four. It's but it look it's not it's not a scary movie especially by today's standards. Mark. I I went a little bit lower, but I, I hear what you're saying. I gave it a three. Uh, I'm giving this props because it's an early entrant into the psycho-assisted suicide category. Oh, this is a yeah. super early, you're possessed and you're forced to kill yourself thing. I'm on record saying that's one of the ones that like scares the living shit out of me, which is why I don't like watching Unfriended. Uh, there's a trend here. Unfriended uninvited, un- Unfriended. Yeah. There's... If something yeah, says I don't like un. movies that start with un. In any case... I feel like that's a very forward-thinking scare tactic that's pretty interesting. Aside from that, there's not a whole lot here. The The ghost isn't scary. The effects are actually pretty cool. Like I said earlier, the scene where they light the maid on the, on the stairs is actually a pretty decent jump scare. Uh, there's, like, no swelling to it. You get a good intro, and then there's just, like, boom, someone there from the darkness. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, aside from that, there's there's really not much here. Jake? Yeah. You, gave it a, you gave it a three, Mark? Yes. Typical. I gave it a three and a half. Uh, everything <laughs> you just said would have been same score. Uh, I will bump it up because I do feel like it did a good job, as I mentioned earlier, of that house being kind of a personality type old dark house chiller atmosphere. The atmosphere, I thought, weighed pretty heavily in this one. That was good. Uh, I wish they had spent more time in that realm rather than with a lot of the, frankly, kind of jarring transitions out of it that were sort of funny, but with the way the acting worked, it was unimmersive, that sort of thing. Sure. The one thing that's kind of funny with the old dark house trope is that the room that they like zero in on as being the scariest and darkest is the one that would inarguably the, be the most light room in the house. The one with that the has, giant it's made glass out of picture windows. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all window. It's one giant window. Maybe that's even scarier that though. This should be the lightest, but it's the darkest. I'd like to just I'd like to just interject here because I kind of have to call something out on my on myself. Uh, the way we do these ratings, I'm able to see like at least what's in close proximity to this throughout the annals of A to Z horror ratings. Uh, I gave this a higher scare factor score than I gave Unfriended, our first review on the site. So there I, you go. I, I I would have been interested to see your revisiting of Unfriended, because that's a scary movie. <laughs> I yeah, because right now that's got to be one of our biggest. I gave it a nine. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> lord. So... And I'm not that And I'll defend that one. Arguing with him. Un- yeah. Unfriended makes scary me movie. wildly uncomfortable. I don't know, man. I, I might watch it again, but I had to go back to 
the whole time i remember thinking about how this is all happening because a girl got so drunk she shat herself <laughs> so that that definitely weighed heavily effects being macho or to ju- impress our listeners effects or judicious lack thereof is our <laughs> penultimate category um i'm gonna give this a five i think this is right down the middle um look there there isn't a whole lot going on effects wise in this movie i think the ghost is pretty good um, I, I'm giving it a lot of credit for the the sound in the movie. I think the the music is is really awesome. That orchestral score works really well, along with the uh, along with the song they write for Stella. I think that's beautiful. Uh, works works super well. Additionally, I think it could go overlooked pretty easily, but the the crumbling fall she has onto the cliffside is staggeringly not green screen looking like so many things of this era are such obvious green screens. Um, it's not perfect, but I think the crumbling works really well, and, and overall the coast it looks good. It does crumble. And there is a look, crumbling. Yeah, 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 and she falls onto something that she grabs onto, and I think it, I think it works pretty well. So it's a five. It's not it's a root. It's not great, but it's not bad. Okay. Mark, uh, it's a six for me. I I actually think it's it's not great, but it's not bad. I think it's not it, it's 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 good. Is as far as I'm willing to take it. <laughs> is a six level good? Analysis. Is a six good? I can't. I can't really six say enough like about. Six is like D's for degrees. Good. Yeah. I, I. It's really hard to weigh in on the effects abilities, like what they had available to them in the 1940s. But I would say that if you did these lighting effects in a modern movie, it would still look good. Like it would look incredible. People people would go fucking bonkers for this thing if you had movies where most of the frames were like complete darkness except for the very middle like of the of the shot that just has a candle in it i actually feel like there's a lot of shots in the conjuring that mirror that especially one of the scarier scenes in that movie where she's in the basement and the hands come over her shoulder and clap so that's that's interesting one of the reasons both james wan and guillermo del toro have cited this movie as a heavy influence for them yeah 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 and I think that's a trick that, like, this should come back. There should be more complete darkness. Because a lot of times what you see is the weird IR green light stuff. Or you see, like, Well, the when you're blue, watching that much found footage, yes. <laughs> or you see, like, the blue filter that they shot at daytime and it's just assumed that it's night type shit. Having darkness on screen is, is refreshing and interesting. And it's weird that I have to go back 70 years to see it. I gave it a six. It is uh, The other thing I wanted to say here was... I feel like at the time this was made, them just shooting the coast, like just of the waves breaking over the rocks, I feel like they counted that as a as an effect. <laughs> they gave themselves credit for that? Yeah, they were just like, we need a good like establishing shot. Let's just and then they just like went and shot waves and there was some like producer in Hollywood that was just like, Yes, perfect. It sets the stage exactly as I want. They definitely <laughs> high fived after that scene. Yeah, certainly. Okay. Jake, how about yourself? Uh, I gave it a six as well, uh, but that it's it's less for. I mean, let's get it out there. This is primarily a judicious lack thereof movie. Is it? In my yes. opinion, it is. I mean, what you said about the lighting is uh, valid. It's all valid. I don't really consider that an effect. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to pot it in one of these very limiting, although perfect, categories. <laughs> they don't. Do, <laughs> they, they don't do a ton of things that and it, part of this is judging by our modern standards as well but 
I think the one thing we haven't really talked about, Jack kind of glossed over it, but I'm giving like bonus, bonus, bonus points to Stella by Starlight because that's a fucking like classic and everyone knows it. Even if they don't know it by name, they've heard it. Uh, yeah. The fact that I was born of this movie is a pretty big testament to what it was able to do. I personally didn't like how the ghost looked all that much, but it doesn't mean it was bad. It'd certainly take it over anything that we're seeing today from the CG side of things. Uh, yeah, not not bad by any means. Not amazing. Better examples from these old-time movies. Sure. A 10 that exists. It's out there. Overall. in the ether. Fuck you. Fuck you so much. Overall. Six. Overall. I'm giving this a 6 overall. Um, this movie has... Say overall more. Overall. <laughs> overall, overall. This movie has settled in a weird spot in my head. <clears throat> it's It's kind of come full circle a couple of different times where loved this thing when I was a kid. Um, didn't like it when I was a teenager so much, loved it in college and like late high school when I was a real shithead hipster, hipster. right? Of this is a, an old timey movie and it's cool to like old timey things. Then you get a little bit older and you get married and you, you don't give a shit what anybody else thinks about you. And you're just like, look, I got, I got a wife who's contractually obligated to be my friend. I got a house I can go home to and drink in the dark by myself. I don't give a flying fuck. I don't have to like anything anybody thinks so dude if you look at america's divorce rate she's not contractually obligated <laughs> well i did marriage right so um but uh it so i came back around and then you come back the other way a little bit and this is this is a really <laughs> hell of an enjoyable experience it's a long winding road how many times do you see this movie jack four four times i come back around well, four times. as far as the story times. goes yeah every single time it's different so <laughs> Look, it's, it's, it's a complicated place, but I think this is an enjoyable movie, which is unique for movies of this era, especially. Um, it's not unbelievable, but I, th I think it's worth a watch, and I think it deserves a place amongst the classics of the genre, so it's a six. Hmm. Mark? I also gave it a six, hmm. uh, mostly for the same reasons. I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. It's interesting to say that... Jack has gone back and forth on it with the number of times he's seen it, and maybe it would change if I were to watch it again, but... In your past. I I do think this is a relatively charming movie. Like I said, during the immersion sequence, it's it's very watchable. It's inherently charming. And it's a fun novelty to put on in the background if, like, you feel like putting on some historical movie instead of a just... Instead of Kong Skull Island, just washed in color and special effects. Sure. Jake. <laughs> yeah, we don't differ a whole lot in these, do we? No. No. We're not I gave it five and a half. Uh, that's actually a significant <clears throat> tilt up for me, I will say. It's like more than a full point, I think, by doing the math. Uh, but I agree with what you just said. It's a movie that is charming beyond what it does in any of these individual categories. I was also pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, I think the best thing that it did, and I look back on it, is that atmospheric look at the old dark house type trope that you get in this genre that I frankly is a lost art. Good example of that for sure. One of the earlier examples. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Which I think Jake. Yeah, is... I'm the lowest. Yeah. Um, Why shouldn't I mean... you get drunk and watch this with your buddies? You shouldn't get drunk and watch this with your buddies because... I just like I think is as, as far as these, good argument. it's hard. 
I think I would argue against myself, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take defeat on this one and just hear what you guys have to say, because I actually think this is a pretty good representation of this style of movie that I was just speaking to. Yeah. But you're... This isn't a great movie to, like, hang out with other people and have a good time while getting drunk. Like, to me, this is a better thing to just kind of, like, hunker down, turn off the lights, and let it wash over you. Sure. That, to me, is prime viewing for this movie. Sure. Mark, may I go first here? Because I got, I got something based on what he said there. No. Oh. He seems cha- like he's champing at the bit to yeah, be an yeah, after okay. Mark. I better let you go. Okay, okay. Um, so I think this movie's, some of its largest weaknesses are actually strengths in this regard, in that it this is not a movie you have to sit down and watch every scene of for the the, the, the world building and the, 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 the dread to slowly wash over you. Ordinarily, these kind of creep movies where, where they're showing that the house is haunted and, and the haunting gets worse and worse and worse are that kind of movie. This one uniquely is not that. This is one where you can watch each scene and still get relatively the same effect. And while that's maybe not great for the overall immersiveness of the movie, it does work very well for watching this with friends. And given the historical importance of this movie and that Jake, like you said, it is one of the first, like, it might be the first good haunted house movie. It might be the first haunted house movie. I don't fucking know. Um, but it's definitely it's, up there. It's not. And yeah. uh, I, I just think it works really well in that regard. Mark tag you in oh i mean you you more or less hit the nail on the head this is not only an interesting movie to watch with your buddies because of its i i hesitate i hesitate to say historical significance because like we said no no one's heard of this movie but um i guess significance is the right word but not historical notoriety maybe you can come off as a nice little like hipster for recommending it jack um the other thing that's nice, though, is as far as watching it with your buddies, like assuming you're just all act like the focus of the party is to, is to pay attention to this thing. There's a lot of really good, like fun, quotable lines that you're going to take away from this thing. And they're unexpected. Like, I never feel I never feel meek enough for church. And they're unexpected. That type of shit. Yeah, they're great. They are. They're great. There's a 1940s humor that's permeating this thing that's like really hard to recreate. Yeah, it's, just, it's charming. I've said I've used that word 20 times in this podcast, but it's. I, I think this one is more charming than any other movie I've seen, aside from potentially Monster Squad. Wow. Monster Squad's very charming. All Which right. is charming as fuck. I mean, yeah, the, only, the only rebuttal I would have to that is that I think that if you're looking for the typification of, and we've used this term a lot, the old Dark House type movie, the old Dark House, the movie, is probably the one that I would recommend doing that over as opposed to this. Now that has no bearing on it. Should you do it with buddies and drink beers? That's just kind of a PSA. I'm not yeah, I mean, if you here. if you have a group of buddies where you've already watched, where you're watching these type of movies, yeah, likelihood is you're either about to watch that one or you have already watched that one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. Let's get the fuck out. Yeah, yes. we can do that. I guess. Most of Dakota is losing her mind over here. Jangle dog. <laughs> This has been episode 51 now of the A to Z Horrorcast. To check out everything we have going on, head on over to A to Z Horror.com or come hang out with us on our social media channels. Those will all be down there in the links below, but we're on Twitter and Facebook. And as always, the music's been coming at you from Space. That is Space without the A. That link will be down there for you too, so you can check out all their music. And as Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, 
This has been coming at you from the Phantom Podcast Network. To check out all the other great shows on the network, head on over to downrightcreepy.com slash phantom. What's coming next week, guys? Uh, I honestly don't know. Congo? Oh, It's yep, Congo. Right. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We go from a monkey movie to a movie without a monkey back to a monkey movie. How did that happen? <laughs> we have a niche. Apparently, apparently we do. That's next week on the A to Z Horrorcast. It's Congo. Ugh. See how that goes. And until <laughs> then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. All the leaves are, all the leaves are bright. <laughs> and the sky's bright. I know it wasn't laser discs because we didn't have a laser disc player. You didn't have a laser, laser disc. <laughs> laser discs. <laughs> I do have laser discs. Several. Yeah, they came from my dad, so you know it's genetic. Um, uh, this is weird now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we threw you off your game.